Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast, audio and visual. Welcome our Facebook Live viewers and everyone that uh, downloads this show on Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, September 13th, and we're on to episode 51. The hangover from episode 50 is over. Yep. Um, Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling okay. Uh, we, We are on the other side, and... We're better for it. How's everyone doing today? To my right, we have Vic. Vic, how are we doing? I'm doing excellent, man. I like it. Yeah. Eris Across, our our new newly minted super sound engineer with the headphones and everything. How are you doing? I'm feeling super duper professional right now. You look super duper professional. It's because I am. Those beats are just a little too small. Yeah, I got a big head. <laughs> and to our left, Carl Bird with his very own microphone, but not yet a mic stand. <laughs> Carl, how are we? I'm doing all right, man. It's always uh, always something, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Amazon Prime, two-day shipping turned into eight-day shipping. <laughs> I didn't realize until I was setting up the fourth mic, and I'm like, where the hell is that mic stand? I ordered that literally the same day. Um, thankfully, I did get a $10 credit from Amazon for my anguish. But they did not change the shipping to next day. No. Which that's, is odd. That's a failure. Yes, because I reached out to them yesterday. Amazon Prime, they're supposed to do whatever it takes. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that they did not do whatever it takes. Did, did the thing say that it was available for next day Yeah, because when w- you contacted Amazon? When you and I were chatting back and forth, it said, order in the next nine hours, choose next day, and it'll be there tomorrow. Oh, wow. And then my email went out before the nine-day or nine-hour window was closed. Wow. So, not too happy. But, you know, Amazon Prime, I've been ordering them for like 10 years now since like their existence. So, I can't really complain too much because it's the first flub. Unfortunately, it was something that we needed immediately. Well, within two days. Right. But, whatever. My yeah. Poor Carl Bird. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. <laughs> next week. Next week. We'll really be full. Oh, we'll really be looking good. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so, if we've had a week since our last episode, uh, big today's big topic. Uh, co- actually, topic. It's comics, hmm. books, to be exact. I was saying those two words at the same time. Uh, big Tomic, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to that, I know I haven't been up too much. Uh, Victor, I heard r- this weekend that you uh, took a little dive into a, a certain game Eris and I are very familiar with. Tell us about that. Oh, did he? <laughs> did he really? Yeah. So, so what was going on this weekend, Vic? Yeah, so uh, this past weekend I was uh, dabbling in the free Overwatch weekend on mm-hmm. the PS4. Oh, yeah. You know, trying to get into that first-person multiplayer online-only goodness that mm-hmm. you guys love so much. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I tried it. Uh, I, I played a, a bit of um, uh, matches against the AI, which was pretty fun. You know, it was pretty fun slaughtering uh, the competition. You had to get your feet wet. Yeah, get my feet wet. Keep my feet wet with the mechanics. I, I tried out mm-hmm. different characters like uh, Soldier Seventy Six, who's like the every every man. That's Call, yeah, Call of Duty man. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's for the intro guys to get him get the get him there. I mean, I still play a lot of Soldier, but I also played a lot of Call of Duty back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> man, if we recorded this podcast back in that day, well, I just have a Call of Duty podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> played that so much. So yeah, I played as him. I also played as um. What's that? The the girl who who wheels two uh, pistols, tracer, tracer, tracer. Tracer's hard. I don't even yeah, play tracer. She she's hard. she's difficult. Yeah. John mains tracer. Yeah, I, I played as tracer. I also played as uh the one who has that like mystical powers. Oh, like Zenyatta. Zenyatta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also played as Diva, which was actually turned out to be my favorite character. Yeah, Diva's fun. Yeah. Diva is fun. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do. They'll do Tracer because she's on the box art, so they'll jump into her, not realizing that she's really difficult to play. Yeah. I tried her one time, and she does like a back in time thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah, but uh, I also, but I like, I, I do enjoy it. I did mm-hmm. enjoy it, and I did, I do see why it's so popular and why you guys love the game mm-hmm. uh, so much. I like the fact that each character has a distinct feel. So it's not just so even though yeah it is a first person multiplayer shooter it's not just all running and gunning yeah like you like if you play as like the medic character you have to your job is to like follow some of your other pl- teammates and heal them continuously mm-hmm. um, or if you're Zenyatta you have to like buff them up and yet while defending yourself so it kind of adds a little more challenge you mm-hmm. know rather than just a standard run and gun and duck yeah the main the main thing to remember if you play a medic. Um, if anything goes wrong, it's literally always your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so just remember that if you decide to play medic. Um, I will. I will say though that uh, when I when I got my feet after I got my feet wet with the AI, I started playing against some um, other players, and the first match was uh, kind of a miserable experience <laughs> because because <laughs> literally it's like every time I would as soon as I would pop my head out one shot I would be dead just like that. Then it happened again and again and again. It happened six times in a row. And then um, the voice chat was on. So I was hearing other players remark about this. And I guess a couple of the other players, I guess who were more seasoned, said that, oh, somebody's probably using an aim bot or something to that effect. Some kind of like hacking thing where you can actually automatically aim and one-shot kill other players. Now, my question... <clears throat> Excuse me. Which will get you banned, by the way. Yes. Well, yeah. And Blizzard, they do not hold back with their ban hammers. They will, la- they will ban you for life. Yeah. You will never get back in there. They will find you. Um, now, was there a red like line that went that shot you? Did you ever watch the kill cam to see how you died? Uh, no, there was no red line. I thought I was like a sniper, but right. it was like literally just somebody who was like another character who has like another just like a standard issue like machine gun or firearm, just one shot, boom, dead. And I was like, man, this is miserable. I'm not. I'm not having a good time with this at all. <laughs> so, uh, just to to, to kind of go back so I, I convinced Vic I was the one who told him that there was a free weekend and to try it out nice mm-hmm. so I was very invested in in finding out how he did in this and he's like oh man I'm really liking this so he's tweeting, texting our chat and he's like I really like this you guys this is fun mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like oh yeah Vic so what are you doing right now he's like I'm practicing I'm fighting against the AI I'm like oh <laughs> that's cute <laughs> hey Vic try it against real people tell me how that goes <laughs> and then he's literally like 15 minutes later he's like yeah, I'm not feeling this game so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so True. the the one thing I, I'll say to to those accusations is, um, sounds like you're just getting sniped by a widowmaker. Uh, the players you were playing with, if you were just solo queuing automatically, um, were probably not that seasoned because you would have been grouped together with other newbies, I would think. Against, mm-hmm. yeah, and against, and yeah. against yeah. newbies, unless somebody like created a new account or something to try and go on or whatever. Like it, it you know, that's just a jerk move. Mm-hmm. But uh, aimbots are not a thing on consoles. Like I've never heard of an aimbot on a console. Like that would be mm-hmm. some software that you'd have to run in the background on like a PC for it yeah. to work so you know wh- whatever those guys that you were in a team with uh i think you're just in a crappy team yeah. yeah nobody switched over to a reinhardt and tried to at least put up a shield because yeah. i don't care what aimbots you got they can't shoot through no damn shield Vic. right we did so um, to switch to a reinhardt you might have been okay i'm curious what the kill cam looked like yeah because if it was a standard machine gun it's not gonna just be one bullet um right and it also, has to be a widowmaker right right would have been um, widowmaker but also, like it was newbie weekend, anything could happen. We, our chat, our uh, my Overwatch crew was talking about getting on there and farming those newbies, but I never got on myself, unfortunately. <laughs> but because I'm a higher level, I probably wouldn't be matched with you. But sometimes Blizzard matchmaking can get a little weird. 
Yeah, I yeah. will say I will say this: that farming newbies thing was not happening. Right. You're what level are you right now? Forty something. Okay. So you wouldn't have gotten matched up with no newbies. I'm level yeah. seventy two now, and I did play this weekend. I mm-hmm. played quite a bit. And uh, me and my and three of my other uh, squad mates mm-hmm. from Thursday nights, mm-hmm. we went on on Saturday evening, and boy, was that a mistake. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when all the mutants and clans come out <laughs> and fucking roll you. I told you, like, when we played Saturday, we got pizzoned. It was miserable. Pizza Hut pizzoned. Like they, everyone was just like, I can't do this, man. I can't play this. I'm going back to play Destiny. <laughs> oh wow, wow. man Who it played? was bad i think uh, somebody said they were going to play destiny uh somebody else said they were going to go play the witcher mm. i'm stubborn so i went back and played some competitive solo queuing and i did okay yeah so okay. screw you quitters i mean did you ever get reassigned your matchmaking or did you ever try to jump out yeah we did in? Oh, yeah, we did. We just ran into, like, well-constructed competitive team after competitive team after competitive team. We were trying to do some competitive, like, even in in quick play as well, this happened, where we just got rolled. Like, they were just well-constructed. Also, fuck Zarya. Zarya is the worst character in the game. People are getting better at her. She is the bane of my playtime in that Uh, game. I used to hate Genji. I hate Zarya now more than I hate Genji. Which one is Zarya? She is the big Russian woman. Right. Oh yeah, she sucks. Yeah, she puts so so her <laughs> specialty is she she can put a shield up. She can also put a shield on her teammates. And if you shoot her shield while it's up, not only does it absorb the damage, it will make her attack infinitely more powerful. Uh huh. The more you shoot her and her teammates. Yep. You literally mm. cannot kill her. I really if, need if, my PlayStation back on. <laughs> yeah, Carl Bird. Well, well, I might have one for sale pretty soon, Carl Bird. With the PlayStation Pro. <laughs> no, Carl. I will, Carl. <laughs> I'll have a PlayStation Four for sale for you, Carl. Give you a nice, I'll give you a nice price, Carl. I probably might just get And by that. nice price, I mean you'd have to pay a premium because it was in my house, Carl. You played it already. It was super sweet. Yeah, I will charge like you. Just any other dead regular play PS4. Listen, bro. A founding member of the Codex Prime podcast owned that PlayStation 4. Okay. It is now memorabilia, Carl. <laughs> Mine too, except it was... Uh, Refurbished already. <laughs> um, but yeah, Zarya, if you play a good, if you play against a good one, she's tough. If you play a oh, shitty one, you know she doesn't know what she's so doing with the shields. Bad. John has been doing a lot better. He's been playing more Zarya mm-hmm. and been killing it. Mm-hmm. But people are starting to realize what she can do, and also her Torbastine ultimate. If you link that up with another ultimate, uh-huh. does a lot of damage. Uh huh. Just don't shoot her when her shields up. It is like it is ridiculous. But you also have to remind uh, your teammates not to do that too. Oh yeah, yeah. If it's a really good Zarya, like she will shield. Like I've seen good Zarya's shield a uh, a Reaper yeah. when he dives into the middle of your uh, team yeah, to yeah, destroy yeah. you with his yeah. ult. And there's nothing you can do because usually you you can disrupt a Reaper. I never even thought to do that in the face. But yeah, if you just have your Zarya shoot that barrier on you right before you jump into the middle and do your alt, mm-hmm. you will be golden. I've seen it happen to me. Yeah. And it is the most annoying thing ever. I'm going to try to do that this Thursday. <laughs> Hopefully, John will be listening to the show tomorrow and he will hear this as well. Uh, so, do you think you. Well, you think Z- you're going to buy so it? Just Zarya, yeah, well, by the way, just well, F- FYI, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about mm-hmm. Overwatch because I want to improve my game and whatnot. Um, the like pro guys who who are like YouTube live streamers and stuff like that, they, they're basically saying that Zarya is the best tank in the game right now. Oh my goodness! Uh, I think Carl Bird moved forward, so it fell. Technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get there. The new studio is still under construction. Yeah. 
Uh, look at that right on <laughs> Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Everybody saw it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. If you just if you get a good Zarya, it's awesome for your team. And uh, fuck you for my team. Okay, I hate you. Get a Zarya. That, we were getting so annoyed by her that John just wanted to playing her. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna buy it? Nah, y'all can have it. Okay. Did you play on PS4? I did. I mean, if you roll with Eris's crew, you probably do a lot better and have more fun. But he has right. a, a so there's an application process. You would you would have to buy the game, play till you level up, and uh, you know, like get better so you can contribute to the squad. Yeah, you know that's that's too much work. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole it just boils down to get good. And uh, you know what? I got other games I want to play. I mean, besides, I don't I don't mess around with multiplayer only games, mm. no matter you, how fun they are. So, did you open any of those sweet sweet loot boxes, Vic? Nah. What? That's the best part. I love that getting That is the shit. best part. Yeah. It's, the, it's the crack part. <laughs> like, I suppose, but, um, you know, I mean, it, it's like I said, it, it was fun playing against the AI. I mean, <laughs> I, if, 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 if Blizzard... <laughs> If if Blizzard introduced something where the AI where they can beef up the AI to make it a more robust experience, then I'd be like, okay, I might give it a chance. There's, but there's difficulty against, levels for the AI in that game. I know, but that's not enough. I mean, they could. I mean, they should more than just a difficult just in a difficulty. Yeah. But you know, I mean, playing against other other humans now, nah, pass. I'm good. I'm glad you get your you get your uh, your hand, you know play with it. I myself, I still haven't solo queued in that game yet. I've only played with. Friends and family. I always friends and family. I always say I'm going to do it solo, but I just never get around to it. Yeah. Um, Carl Bird, I know you've had some PlayStation issues. You weren't able to partake in the free weekend. Did you do anything crazy this past week? Um, I did a little, did a few things. Um, Friday I went to go see the movie. A friend, me and a friend of mine, we went out to go see uh, When the Bow Breaks with uh, Morris Chestnut and um, Regina Hall. Yeah, Regina Hall. Yeah. Wait, is that like a romantic comedy? No, it's like a. It's kind of like a suspense thriller type mm, deal. Mm. It sounds, a, this sounds like a date, Carl. It's it a, wasn't a date, but mm, it it's a black it's a black thriller movie. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. the same it's, a, it's in, in the same genre as you know, the perfect guy, um, no good deed, obsessed, like all the, they, all the yeah. It it, re, it it reminds yeah, you. Like, it reminds me strongly. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Carl. I need this concept explained to me. I've never heard of explain any of those the movies. black thriller concept. Like, to have me. you seen? Um, no, no. Don't tell me if I've seen anything. Break down the concept. Like, yeah, explain but, it. To no, me. no. That's the point. Like, have you okay. seen Fatal Attraction? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, yeah. It's all those movies are basically a ripoff of that. Essentially, where you have um, where you have a really ups- where the husband cheats on his wife with the, with another woman, and the woman turns out to be extremely insane and okay. homicidal. I'll take the Han Solo movie. Was that no it? No cheating, actually. Was that Fatal Attraction? Yeah, that was Fatal Attraction. Yeah, with Han Solo. I've seen well, that. No, no, no. That was with Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. Michael was, Douglas. Was Harrison Ford in one of those? Mm, I, I feel like he was in one of those. No, I don't think I so. Think it was Michael Douglas. Yeah, it was Michael Douglas and okay. Glenn, Glenn Close. But, oh, um, that movie. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Hold on. I got to look this up because it was definitely a Han Solo movie with this. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, but the so-called black thriller genre is like... Uh, is where you have all these movies which which have mul- primarily uh, black casts, and they're all poorly done, poorly reviewed, and they're all ripoffs of Fatal Attraction. That's really sad. It is the so, only the only black thriller I was aware of before you just introduced me to this concept was Michael Jackson's, Jackson's. and that's a really good black thriller. That is a really good black thriller. <laughs> it's the best. But so, what would be a white thriller? Just normal thrillers. Um. 
See, that's that's why I'm very confused by the concept <laughs> of Victor. Like, I thought they were all just thrillers. As oh. the my, as the resident minority on the Codex Fund podcast, <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the reason the reason why I say black thrillers because in, in the, especially in, the, in like the last five years, there's been a slew of these you know these thriller movies with black casts and inexplicably Morris Chestnut stars in most of them. <laughs> I'm glad that guy's found his niche. That's good I, for him. I guess. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of What Lies Beneath. Yeah, What Lies Beneath. That's yeah. But there was like some weird supernatural I stuff that. going on with that. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Carl Bird owes everyone a beer because his uh, sound went off on his iPad or whatever that thing's called. Uh, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Carl, uh, continue with your uh, review. I want to hear a Carl Bird <laughs> summary of When the Bow Breaks. Well, I mean, it's basically about um, a married couple who um, they could not have children, so they choose to find a surrogate. And this this young girl, played by uh, Jazz Sinclair, I think you said her name was. Yep. Yeah, she um she was basically like the perfect fit. So um, you know, they get to know her. She seems you know pretty normal and everything. And then uh, it turns out like she was pr- she was pretty much a scam artist, but and she ended up fallen in love with Morris Chestnut's character and did everything that they she did everything that she could mm-hmm. to try to like end a, end um, his marriage and be with him and then it just went through a whole bit, whole mess of um, whole mess of um, shenanigans shenanigans, shenanigans yeah. yeah so was uh there was a Beyonce movie about this kind of Obsessed. thing wasn't there yeah it's very, sim- it's very similar yeah that was, so was that a black thriller yeah, I man, I know what you're talking about now. I have mm-hmm. seen those trailers. <laughs> <laughs> that all actually makes sense. No, yeah. I know, I, I know the concept. You saw, I know the movies. You yeah, yeah, yeah. About. I just didn't know there was a concept of. Now, is that a thing that you just invented, Vic? No, I actually heard it in a another review of the movie. Oh, because because yeah. they because they pointed out like all these movies fall under a specific type of unofficial genre, which happens to be black thrillers. Okay, yeah, those like those like a Jennifer Lopez type one too. She's not black, obviously. No, but no, she was still in like a thriller type thing. I think it was enough. So, Vic, I, have I remember that. One. I remember yeah. that one. I didn't watch it because I heard it was like absolutely horrible. But yeah, me either. You're the target mm-hmm. audience. To go for. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of black thrillers, Vic, yeah, are you going to go see Boo, a Medea Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You're going with with this. They did have the trailer for that one. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. Oh man. yeah, did they, Carl? They oh, had before it before that movie. Black thriller. <laughs> But on a good note, they did show the Doctor Strange thriller. I mean, oh, trailer. Oh, nice. So I actually said to my friend, I was like, I would be happy if they just showed the Doctor Strange trailer. The second I said that, they just showed it. I'm like, yes. Nice. Vic? No. <laughs> no. Have, have you ever seen a Medea movie? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. I've seen two of two of the Medea movies, Diary of and... Um, I thought you said Diary of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Diary of a Mad Black Woman and um, Medea's Family Reunion, no, or Medea Goes the to White Castle, or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, di- the Diary one. That's the, is that the original? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, it, you're not missing anything. Those movies are awful. Mm. Just plain awful. So if the if uh, Medea or Boo a Medea Halloween is black thriller, what is regular? It's not even Medea? a thriller. That's actually meant to be like a comedy. A comedy in the loosest term, <laughs> in the loosest possible oh, um, term. A friend of mine, Karina Holiday, Holloway, mentioned uh, The Boy Next Door with J-Lo. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. That's what I was trying to mention earlier. Yeah, Thank you for that. One. Thank I you, listener, watcher, viewer. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, that. Yeah, I just saw it. On, it was like on TV, like uh, TNT or some shit, so that's when we think of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I think. Oh, the, yeah, that's it, the yeah, one that's where like, J-Lo she, starts banging like a college kid, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the Boy Next Door. Right. Yeah. Door. Yeah. All right. I hate that kid. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. 
<laughs> but uh but yeah you know i think i think the more i think the unofficial genre is not so much black thriller but it's like lifetime movie essentially oh yeah yeah, All right. yeah. so yeah. so medea yeah. has a f- officially jumped the shark you know what i guess I know. i'm gonna say this man with, with, with she the says med- you welcome by the way with with the Medea movies, man, like I said, like you're not missing anything. Like all the movies, they have the exact same plot line. You know, you have the you have the 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 the, the poor abused woman with her douchebag boyfriend slash husband. Mm-hmm. Then she's kicked to the curb, and and the douchebag husband happens to be rich and darker skinned. And then she meets another light skinned blue collar fella, and then they get together. Mm-hmm. And then you know they get to you know they love lo- love is in the air. Love love is in the air. But then she decides, well, I'm a good Christian woman, so let me give my douchebag husband a chance. Then douchebag husband is like, well, I'm dark skinned and I hate Jesus. Then bam. Then so, all of a sudden, then Medea gets involved. The grits gets involved, you know, and then <laughs> then all of a sudden, uh, then the then the then the woman gets married gets married to her newfound love. They find Jesus. The end. So when you say light, <laughs> yeah, that's it. When you say light skin, do you mean like white or no, lighter uh, skin? There, black there's man. different. There's different. Either skin or a lighter shade of black. Right. Thank you. No, there's yeah. there was also that one where it was a white dude. Yeah, I don't know which. There was that one. Uh, there was one had, where it was a white guy. I, I know. I think he had a darker skinned ancestor somewhere. Along it was like line. some Irish fella. Oh, I never think. mind. I lied. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know which freaking one that was. <laughs> Me uh, neither. I can't even think. So I remember watching it. So they all have the yeah. same exact plot line. So what you're saying yeah. is Medea is kind of like the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, shout out to John Aponic. And Karina says, uh, and they have horrible cornbread wigs that they make them wear. Yes, Shamar Moore, Shamar Moore's, uh, yeah, his wig was like awful. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Unconvincing uh, cornrow wigs. But I will say this though, <laughs> um, one one film that can be considered a guilty pleasure because it's so goddamn awful that it's a it's just a unintentional comedy is Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. I watched that like once, and I was just like, okay, yeah. Well, which I reviewed on my YouTube channel. Is that I a remember, Tyler I Perry joint? Um, yeah, yeah, Tyler Perry directed it, but it's not a Medea movie. Oh. But it, it's so incompetent that it's hilarious. It's like, it's like a drinking game movie. Huh. I, was Tyler I, Perry, wasn't he in an MCU movie? No, he was in Star Trek, the ah, first that's one. that's right. Yes, he was. And he was in Gone Girl, which was his best performance ever. Okay. Huh. He was in something else, too. He's been in a few. He was in Alex Cross. Yeah, Alex Cross. Alex I knew Cross. that, but yeah. what was he in Ninja Turtles? I am. Yeah, he really was out of the <laughs> shadows, part two. <laughs> All right. I still, I still have not watched that. I have to. I yeah, will. Me too. I might review it just, you know, as a Dirty Grandpa retro review. <laughs> <laughs> the re- Dirty Grandpa Memorial retro review. Oh man, <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Too. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Oh, dirty Grandpa. Oh my God, you were so angry. So, <laughs> dirty Grandpa. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be on that soon. I think that's streaming right now in most places. So I'll, I'll, I'll be checking that out sometime soon. Yeah. But uh, I really. Am enjoying this breakdown of the black movie genre. Yeah, I think it's great. Really good. We found our niche on the podcast market. Especially to me, I, this is wild. I especially yeah. enjoyed Victor's like explanation of the plot of every Tyler Perry movie ever because it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's you, so true. How many have you seen a Medea movie? I've seen a hella ton of Medea movies. Oh. I've seen a lot. I actually mm. used to be a fan. I just kind of like grew out of it. Yeah, same here. Like I was like, just like, okay. A couple movies just... back, she kind of jumped the shark, but I, I actually watched a lot of those yeah. back in the day. But then they got real lifetimey. Yeah. Oh yeah, very. <laughs> yeah. That's like, but that's his main. That's predominantly his audience, though. Yeah. Like, like you know that at some point, like, so. Andre Woodard 
is going to come in, give an inspiring speech. They're going to go to church, sing, oh, happy day. And uh, the a-hole black husband dude is going to have his comeuppance in some way, shape or form. He's mm-hmm. going to get he's Lord Jesus is going <laughs> to come down upon him and visit his wrath. Mm-hmm. And uh, the wife, the abused ex-wife is going to come to his aid because she is a good christian woman and they forgive and forget and not say fuck you guy you totally beat me that's literally mm-hmm. what victor just said like five minutes ago <laughs> right but i'm saying like he did not give the andre water part okay oh. that's very important that's very uh, important and, um, so jagre says uh I'm learning so much. Keep going. <laughs> He's in my boat. I can almost guarantee that John Grace has never seen a Medea movie like myself. <laughs> and he also says, what's a Medea? Wait, what's that? Karina, what's a Medea? And then um, Karina is just uh, replied to us. So. Uh, I like it. Uh, a Medea is a... Uh, Medea, it's it's a southern uh, uh, parlance for mother deer. Usually the uh, oh, is that that's true? That's a yeah, thing. Oh, I didn't even know that. I was joking. Okay, like in, yeah, awesome. that's actually pretty. That's actually pretty common down south. Oh, yeah, down south. I am learning things. <laughs> this is yeah. wild, man. I mean, and, ugh, okay. Yeah, and um, like I said, man. I, I, obviously, I'm not a fan mm. yeah. at all. But um, gotta make that money some way, Vic. I know, but the thing is, like his <sighs> audience. I, I I gotta say this, you know. I can understand liking Tyler Perry's movies. I can see why Medea. I can see the appeal behind Medea and why she's so entertaining to millions of people. But for real, I mean, if you're a fan of Medea, step your motherfucking film tastes up, man. <laughs> Demand more from your entertainment. Demand more from your films starring re- reputable black actors that deserve better work. But but what if I just want some feel good black content? Mm, that's Vic? all, man. Go that's see Black all, Panther. That's all it is. What? what Everything if, what doesn't if, have to if, be all extra Oscar nominated or any type of <laughs> Yo, like what was that so why did you just fold your arms in like oh, no, that, I'm trying to, that's Carl? my that's my poor Ben Carson does the T-Rex like Oscar <laughs> nominated that's my poor that's my poor um, ben, ben, Carson. Carson, ben Carson impression <laughs> but yeah everything doesn't have to be like that sometimes we just need to like lay yeah. back and chill hey, and then hey. Medea was always entertaining to me because it like reminds me a lot of my my family members down south that's okay. all it was like and it's just Whatever is not really necessarily meant to like take extra seriously, right? Oscar T. Rex trademark Codex Prime podcast. (laughs) I want the Oscar T. Rex awards at the end of the year where we go through the Oscar nominations and see which ones Oscar T. Rex would like. (laughs) But thank you for that uh, explanation, Carl Bird. That was very insightful, actually. This is actually something else I did too. It's great. Just completely forgot. Listen, I think Mm -hmm. that Tyler Perry, before he jumped the shark with some of his latest content, uh, it 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 had fell off. They did certainly. Just, um, they had a place. It was, it was some of that stuff explored some interesting, deeper concepts before it just became Medea being fat and her family farting all over the place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so you know, back back when he first started, it, there were some some interesting movies that I, or I thought they were interesting. They had some feel good, uh, you know, black moments or, or or you know stories in them that ended with a happy ending and church going folk could enjoy them and folk that just want to be yeah. entertained yeah. could enjoy them as well they had their place 
that time has passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. N- now it's Halloween. Now it's Scooby Doo. <laughs> Pretty much. When does oh, when, does, yeah, when does Medea meet the Harlem Globetrotters? Is what I want to know. I don't, don't don't be surprised if that actually <laughs> comes up. Don't, don't give him any ideas, Maurice. Bro, when Medea meets Kiss, mm. you know. <laughs> that's when yeah. you know. I mean, if I were Tyler Perry, I would totally sell out too. I mean, come on, man. Let's make that money. But I'm gonna move us on from the Tyler Perry discussion. Colbert, you said one other thing you uh, <laughs> yeah, took part I in. Yeah, I actually, I actually um won tickets off a uh, Hot 106, our local radio station. What? And Did you shout out the Code of Prime podcast when they said, "Where do you, where can you listen to win shit?" Really Code of Prime podcast. <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Yeah, I went to go see Sinbad at Foxwoods. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. You're probably yeah. the only one that called to get those tickets. That's probably what you want. <laughs> yeah, because there was no... Mill- I knew for a fact that there was no millennials that was going to actually try to win it. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it anyway. And then I won. <laughs> Listen, first kid is a classic. That was that movie, right? When you had to protect the first kid? Yeah, I think he yeah. was, yeah, was in that. Zinbad, oh, the movie so was so good. I don't care. I, yeah. Honestly, I thought Zinbad had died. <laughs> I thought so too. Then he Patrice came back O'Neal. with a special like a couple of, a couple of years. You talked about that, that on the show, good. actually. I think, oh. I think you did. What I think that? you talked about this. On, uh, talk about that on the show. A Sinbad special at some point. Yeah, oh. it came out in, when he first came back in 2009. He actually oh, mentioned that people thought he died. Ah. Wow, weird. Oh. Sinbad. Yeah. I'll always love you. Looks great though. Yeah, good. Yeah, good for him. But, um, well, I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, but it was a, yeah, it was a really good show. Um, it it was actually not like just your typical um, like stand up comedy special. It's um, you can go all the way with Sinbad's best role. <laughs> Good shit, John Grace. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it was like he had to, his opening act was a guy was a kid named Chase Anthony. He was around like our age. Um, he was actually pretty funny. So Sinbad comes out, but then he brings Chase out, and the show was basically it's like you have you're getting advice from your funny uncle. Mm-hmm. Like who's just like real quick with it. He's very witted and just funny as hell. So yeah. that's basically what the whole show was, and it was yeah, it was actually a really good turnout. So we had a good time. Nice. And uh, that's pretty much it. Other than the football gods basically telling me to <laughs> fuck my dreams. <laughs> that lost is right. Both my fantasy leagues, my Dallas Cowboys lost by one point, so it wasn't a slaughter. <laughs> mm. so, oh, Terrence yeah. Williams, you're the. Best. I was gonna. I was just gonna. Oh, ask, that was awful. So for listeners who like Victor, don't watch. Sports, sports, sports ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. The NFL season really kicked off on Sunday. Oh, it totally uh, did. With yeah. all the the games, uh, the Dallas Cowboys with their backup quarterback did not do so hot. The New England Pat Ryan no, with no, their no, backup no, quarterback did hot. Team did good. Super hot. It's just that that one play just completely. Like, were you Were you watching the game live? Yeah. Uh, what was your reaction when Terrence Williams did not run out of bounds? Oh, I was pissed as hell. Ugh, man, it's just, it made me uncomfortable when I saw that. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. If anybody who knows football knows, you got like 12 seconds left in the yeah. game, you know, no timeouts. You run the fuck out of bounds. Right. Des I mean, Bryant was literally telling him to get out of bounds right, right in front, front of him. him. Yes. So, right in front of when him. When I saw that happen, my first thought was, Carl Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> so I, believe, I believe it. You know, I, 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 I'm uh, such a big fan that every whenever the Dallas Cowboys do something, everybody hits me up like right away. Right. It was it was super cute before the game. Carl had this Facebook post up with some background music, being all excited, talking about the quest for six begins today, mm-hmm. which hey, made listen, me lull listen. super hard. Listen. And then I laughed harder after they <laughs> lost. Listen, in that we fashion. have it's only week one. We have 15 weeks to right our wrongs. It was the Cowboyist cowboy start to the season. <laughs> I want the Cowboys to do well, but I want Carl to be happy. The, last, so t- wrong. the last time 
the Cowboys lost their season opener. We end up going twelve and four, and we got screwed over by a bullshit call. So the Dez it was play. A catch. The Dez play. Yeah, he had another one of those, didn't he? This mm. past game wasn't there an overturn call? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. so no, Maurice, that is not wrong. On the other side <laughs> of that fence. Carl's Cowboys misery brings me great joy, and every time something like this happens, I do not hit him up, but I go on his Facebook and see all of his complaining sure. cowboy friends and uh, laugh at them. You know what's Every single one of them. I laugh at you all, Carl's Cowboy-loving friends. Before the, the Patriots were the Patriots, and they're the really annoying team that you don't like, Victor, because, mm. you know, they're so cool. Uh, <laughs> it was the Dallas Cowboys, like, legit. It well, was the Cowboys. And it's they're still, they're still number one in sales and all that stuff. They're still there. I mean, I will give them credit. They're still there but they they have a uh a stubbornly loyal fan base. it's like a half give them that now it's like a half like now you, they're still they still were amazing in the 90s line. and then there's still it's weird i don't even know how to explain it that's i can't <laughs> i can't explain it but it's uh yeah they they try that, that's they the do one thing best. that i give carl respect for mm. he has never betrayed his team unlike no somebody to my right why are you a uh, garbage they always are so here's my question, though. Why are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I don't think I ever asked you this. That started when I was I was a I was a fan when I was a kid. Started playing. Um, t- remember the game Tecmo Super Bowl? We've had this conversation, bro. That's why I played the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. was a bandwagon jumper, just like you. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except yeah. he just stayed on the bandwagon instead of switching to his local sports team like you did, which is perfectly sane. No, yes. it's not. I don't blame have you. you ever, no, it's not. Have no, you it's ever? Not. Played... I respect anybody who has grown up here and was not a fan because no. nobody was a fan. Well, I was a Yankees fan. I respect I am that. A, I am a Yankees fan. Uh, but have you ever played oh the New England God. Patriots in the 115 Tecmo Bowl? No. Yes. They're terrible. Scott Zola they, they can't throw awful. shit. They, they were awful. That's what. That's why I hated them. It's a video game, Vic. Best football game out there. Screw Madden. Tecmo Bowl all the way. Stephen yeah. Ho says you're looking sharp in the yeah, blue yeah. shirt. What? Stephen Ho says you're looking sharp in the blue shirt. Oh, thanks, Stephen Ho. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, moving on from football, because I'm going to spend all day on it. We'll do a little sidebar at some point, I'm sure. But yeah, football seasons are good times. Good times were had by all, except for Vic. Yeah. But what did you, what'd you end up doing? And Carl. Carl didn't have a good time. <laughs> I was just, no, Until the last five seconds. <laughs> yeah, those, yeah, those last few minutes was just awful. But other than that, being around you know, my boys and everything, just watching the games that we, that we usually do, it was always a good time. Good mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eris, did you get up to anything? Yeah. Yeah. I uh I watched the New England Patriots totally win on Sunday Night Football, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was super awesome. And uh, even though Tom Brady is gone, but not forgotten, mm-hmm. good. Uh, we still have the uh, the most handsome quarterback <laughs> core in the entire NFL. It blinds defenses. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy G's handsome face. Uh, Call Brady, know he's handsome. You can't even say he's not. You can't even say he's not. You can kiss my ass. Did you guys see the um? Wait, which pregame show do you guys usually watch? I don't watch pregame. Uh, cause on Fox, Rob Riggle usually does. Uh, he does like a little comedic skit on mm. Fo- on the Fox News on the Fox pregame show. Carl, was, is this going to be an explanation of an unfunny <laughs> joke making fun of Tom Brady? No, it was the whole thing was it was based on that Broadway play Hamilton, mm-hmm. but it was all about Jimmy Garoppolo. It was actually pretty funny. Okay, cool. Like calling so him like a no namer. Are you stuff. going to that? find the link on YouTube to that and put it on our uh, page? Sure. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> all right. But I'm just brought it up because I think you would actually enjoy it. So as Maurice pointed out, uh, we went out into the expanse of the desert into hostile territory mm-hmm. against a Super Bowl contending team 
fully healthy with all of their stars back and starting on their offense and defense with our backup quarterback. Gronk wasn't playing and I was not with, with no Rob <laughs> Gronkowski, two backup tackles, two rookie guards, an undrafted center, no starting running back, and we won. Sure did. It was super delicious. Yeah, it was it was a good game. I hate staying up late for those primetime games, though. But my like love for just football in general, I mean, the, the Patriots one thing, but just the rest of it, it's starting to dissipate a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just can't. It's so much going on. So, as soon as there, fantasy? Yeah. Not as heavily as I used to. But as soon as, like, people on Thursday night, when the opening game of the season, people are already complaining about Cam Newton. Oh, the NFL, what are they? I'm just like. I can't wait for this season to be over. He got destroyed. Like it was super. I know wrong. people were complaining about the concussion stuff, but yeah. it's like there's already another controversy. I don't, I'm over it. That's what the NFL does. Man. I know. That's why I have to stay off of everything. I'm only <laughs> going to try and focus on one and my guy, my fantasy guys. That's why I cut it down to two leagues and not five like I used to be in. You really but get flustered easily, don't you? I just I've, I used to be all in <laughs> on it. I used to be all in it. <laughs> he really but like does. over time, it's just becoming just constant. So let me ask you this: annoyance. I know that you watched a lot of football this weekend as well. Red just zone like myself. Yeah. Uh, tell me that uh, that 4K experience, bro. Oh, the only game I watched in my television, my 4K mm-hmm. television, mm-hmm. was the doing the Patriots game, it was, as it should be. It was really awesome. It looked great. Cool. Jess watched me, and she was highly impressed by my 4K. I was like, wait till you see this in action, because you don't really <laughs> use it that much. Listen, um, bro, we don't need all those <laughs> behind-the-scenes No, we focus on the game. That's, love if it was like another, like, if it was like Red Zone, <laughs> but um, no, it was legit. It was awesome. Sports mode was really cool, and the nice thing about the sports mode is that it actually turns up the volume of the crowd and turns down the volume of the announcers, so you can really focus on the stuff you need to hear, because the announcers are dumb. There's a lot of Patriots fans there, but... The Patriots, mm. Patriots fans travel really well. Yeah. Notice that every time, but yeah, it looked fantastic. I don't use a sports mode on my 4K TV mm. because I find that it turns everything super bright and yeah. the grass looks neon green. It really and does. I, it's awesome. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, one, the one thing I will say, if you're a sports radio listener and you feel you hate it, the local people because they are all terrible, um, I would recommend turning them off and finding podcasts for yep. everyone, especially yep. you, Carl Bird, especially because you're not local there. If there's a Cowboys podcast, find that shit if you don't already yeah, and listen it. to it. It's awesome. Yeah, this it's awesome. Podcast it's it's, um, it's awesome cuz podcast the, is just awesome. Yes. Yeah. The, the, they just just the little medium and True stuff that, is just awesome. Awesome. What's up, Vic? I would imagine Especially the Codex Prime podcast. That's yeah, right. Indeed. I would imagine that a Cowboys podcast would be extremely depressing. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, You're probably thinking of like a Cleveland Browns one yeah. or uh, who else? Uh, really? Los Angeles Rams. Oh, Los last, Angeles Rams. <laughs> last night, that shit was Jeff awful. Fisher Rams. A Tennessee Titans podcast would yeah. probably not be that much fun. Yeah, I would say the Rams for sure. Just after last night. Yeah, well, but I mean, not, hopefully not. for the Patriots, PFW in progress is awesome. And yeah. uh, if if you must stubbornly insist on listening to local sports radio here in the New England area. Uh, Tuesdays, 2 to 4, on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, Sports Illustrated's Greg, Greg Bedard goes on there with Felger and Maz, and uh, he breaks down the game, and it's really oh, yeah. thoughtful and analytical, and it's fantastic, non-stupid local sports yeah, radio. Good, he had a good talk with Felger today about Garoppolo sure and stuff. Sure did. Um, also, if you're a Yankees fan, Bronx Prince Pinstripe Show. Yeah, and no that one's nice because it's that. not official, it's unofficial. Boo. It's a couple friends watching. It's awesome. Nope. I like it. I don't know if there's a Red Sox one. I haven't looked. I'm a baseball fan, but if I was, I probably would check that oh, out. Oh, yeah. Carl, hey, put your I mic would... up to your mouth, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. If you, I you, was now a... have, you now have an audio engineer listen <laughs> Carl. Once you get you the mic, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Oh, Mike <laughs> Stan, excuse <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> uh, nah, if I was a baseball fan, I would 
go for the Yankees. Yeah. If even if you're on this podcast, look them up. They're awesome. I'm just uh, not a home. T- I'm not a home teamer at all. Sorry, Vic. Want to lead us to the news? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got some news headlines right. for you this week. Uh, first, first headline: uh, Director Lexi Alexander is going to direct the long-rumored Chris Benoit biopic Crossface. Uh, Lexi Alexander, she uh, famously uh, directed Punisher Warzone, one of the great Marvel movies, <laughs> and Green Street Hooligans. And um, she's going to be directing this uh, Benoit film. And uh, years ago, in fact, uh, Liev Schreiber was actually rumored uh, to be considered for the role of Chris Benoit. So it'll be very interesting if this movie does come to pass and see how WWE keeps per- keeps pretending like Benoit never existed. Mm-hmm. Well... Although they do it for good reason, though. Definitely right. good reason. Um, honestly, I wouldn't want to see this as a feature film. I would rather just see a documentary because, I mean, mm. th- to me, there's still, like, so many unans- unanswered questions of, about that whole situation. Um, definitely a horrible tragedy, but I would much rather see, like, a documentary, I mean, with, with people who, like, knew him the best, you know, yeah. Chavo Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, um, Dean Malenko, and others. There is a podcast with Chris Jericho uh, where he interviewed Nancy Benoit, Chris Benoit's uh, wife, uh, his her sister, sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they went into some detail on that stuff, and it was really good. It was really good because Chris yeah. Benoit was one of his best friends. Yeah, still doesn't understand what happened to this day. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a really good listen. I don't listen to his podcast, but I did download that specific episode to listen. It was oh, really man, good. I may have to yeah. find that one, but yeah, yeah I would just, that's what I would much rather see as far as like. And then, you know, bad casting and then like you have to find get like people, you know, avoid like defamation of character lawsuits. So yeah. you have to like embellish the stuff. Who would play I, Vince McMahon? Yeah. Who would play everyone? Exactly. Yeah. The closest person I can think to play Eddie Guerrero is freaking Michael Pena. That's just off the top of the head. But like, hmm. Is that the only Spanish actor that you could think of, Carl? <laughs> Emilio Estevez. And <laughs> Emilio Estevez? What is this? <laughs> no, they actually oh, finished. God. <laughs> yeah, uh, yo, Charlie Sheen is actually finished. But, um, no, I, would... I don't know any Spanish actors <laughs> That's just the first one that came to mind. But um, Michael Pena is super awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I loved him in World Trade Center. Maybe uh, Edgar Ramirez or Gail Garcia Bernal. Yeah, you know that, that's man. a good but, um, one right there, Vic. Yeah, I don't like the. I, I honestly, I'm not a big fan of the films that are based off of true events because they're all fucking. They just make shit up as they go along. Anyway, they pick what they want. It just they they have to dramatize. I get why. Yeah, I yeah. just don't like it. Like you're just saying, Carl. It's not. I'd rather see the. Yeah, like some invest. But even documentaries can be a little. You know, depending on who. Yeah, it. they can be a bit one sided. Um, Unless you're making the mur- making a murder because that shit was cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that was good. But yeah, interesting. And also, Leaf Schreiber is gigantic. Yeah. Chris Benoit was fairly small. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he was That's definitely true. short. Yeah. I remember seeing him in person. He was like, he was short. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some other news. Uh, PlayStation 4 Pro and Slim have officially been confirmed by Sony. Uh, the PS4 Pro will be launching on November 10th uh, for 400 bucks. The console will support 4K and HDR, high dynamic range, imaging, and other features will include a one terabyte hard drive, double C- doubled GPU power, boosted clock speed, and technology adapted from AMD Polaris's graphical architecture. Eris, can you bring us through this and put this all into layman's terms, please? So, first off, I'd just like to point out, Victor buried the lead here. <laughs> I did? <laughs> Going with Benoit over the, the PS4 Pro, bro? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, you gotta start low choice. and just bring the mood, and bring the mood up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Listen, Carl, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of blood out on the internet over the PS4 Pro. Um, so the PS4 Pro is a curious beast. Um, and it. Uh, I, I kind of feel for Sony on this one um, because it, it's pretty hard to show people... Um, you know, the positives or the features that, that you get with 4K and HDR without them actually seeing yeah. it in 4K and HDR. It's, yeah. it's just tough. So, um, you know, a lot of people were complaining that that, uh, that press conference was really, you know, it was, it was I, I watched the whole thing and it was really somber. It wasn't like um, Sony's sort of more recent press conferences was full of life and theatricality and all this stuff. They brought out the main architect, like the main technology architect at Sony who worked on, you know, the PlayStation 4 and now the PS4 Pro. And it was very much as this guy kind of standing on stage and, and spitting some technical game at folks that a lot of people, you know, kind of had go over their head. And they tried to demonstrate some of this stuff, which is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. So, in layman's terms, 4K, it, it, it's it's faux 4K. So, the console itself is not going to spit out true 4K games. So, that, you know, it's not going to be true 4K output from the console. What it's going to do is going to use some advanced um, processing technologies to upscale a lot of the games to 4K. Um, and all that extra power. The nice, what I find nice is that um, Sony is going to be allowing the developers to use the power of that PlayStation 4. Pro in whichever ways they see fit um, to improve their game, which is which I find pretty cool. So it kind of puts the onus on the developers to choose uh, and create the artistic vision that that they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know some of the games they showed off, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn looked straight up jaw dropping. It did look amazing. Like like it's ridiculous how good that looks in 4K and HDR. So HDR high dynamic range um, is the new hotness. You know even even over just regular 4k um if your tv supports hdr you're going to be able to see just a wider color gamut um and it just is going to show you know little details that that you were not able to see before in the color spectrum on your tv and they kind of showed this off by showing a couple of images of like you know uh, the sky and clouds and and sort of how the the sun disperses light through those clouds in a regular um non-hdr set you just see sort of one uniform color and everything's gray but when they displayed the hdr image you could see that the the sunlight was sort of you know uh, dispersing color through those clouds and you could see, you know, burnt oranges and yellows coming through those clouds. And it's really cool looking. And HDR is kind of the bigger deal even over 4K. 4K is going to look amazing, uh, as both you and I know, Maurice. Mm-hmm. Um, but HDR is going to add a layer on top of that. Now, um, the the other thing uh, that, that's throwing people off is the fact that Blu-ray is Sony's thing. They sort of spearheaded, developed that format, and uh, they're not including a 4K, K, 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 Blue. Microsoft yeah. already has one in the Xbox One S. Um, so Sony's mm-hmm. sort of throwing their hat really behind uh, the streaming services here. They announced that they're going to have a Netflix app um, developed from the ground up for the PS4 Pro that's going to feature tons of 4K content to stream, as well as a 4K YouTube app that's going to launch uh, a little bit after the console's out. So Netflix is going to be out with the console but youtube is going to be out a little bit after is what they announced so now i think the reason they're doing that is because not as many people are buying blu-rays anymore i would say about 25 percent. i legit can't remember the last time i put a disc inside one of my consoles to watch <laughs> Colbert, um, are you buying blu-rays lately n- nah 
Yeah. Well, my, pace, uh, my place has been on. down. I'm so assuming, are you, are you even going to ask Victor? I'm assuming, I'm assuming Victor has. That's what, I'm saying. One today. That's what I'm saying. 25%. <laughs> I've got one right here. 20, <laughs> 25%. Also, a friend of the show, Alicia Pierce, said that Chris Benoit was her lead. She, that was her top story. <laughs> thank you, Alicia. <laughs> Get out of here, Alicia. Well, thank you, Alicia. Uh, but, Get out of here. Uh, yeah, so um, that's no, not literally do don't that. go anywhere. Seriously. <laughs> Please stay. But, um, <laughs> but I would uh, I would not. I, I don't care about that. Right. I don't care about it either. It would have been nice to have, but I'll just have it in my Scorpio when I get that, whenever that thing right. comes out. Right, and I, I and think Star Wars never is the last Blu-ray I watched. So um, the, the other thing uh, that, you know, they, they probably did that to keep costs down. Yeah. That thing announced at a price of three ninety nine, which was the original launch price of the original PS4. So mm-hmm. they're not moving off, you know, the price, and you're getting a much better console power-wise. Um, you know, in 2016, like, that's the big thing about the PS4 Pro. They're dropping it on November 10th, 2016. Nobody expected this thing to come out this year. Um, we're at least a year away from Scorpio. So say whatever you want about, you know, Microsoft and what they're doing and the power that they're going to put out on their console. It's a year away. So Sony's going to have that year head start to get people into 4K gaming. And uh, that, so, that might be significant. Regardless. So is Scorpio more powerful? So this, is. this is more Xbox One S than it is Scorpio. No, it's not Xbox One S. It's a little Xbox bit in the One middle. S, it is kind of in the middle, I guess. <laughs> but um, earlier. It, right. A lot earlier. So Like the Blu-rays when they beat HD DVDs. Sort of. I mean, those those competed at the same time. Did they? Actually, they did. They came remember. out at the same time. But now HD Blu-ray is a thing, right? Right. Jesus Christ. 4K Blu-ray. 4K Blu-ray, excuse me. Right. Okay. 4K Blu-ray is a thing that just recently started rolling out. Okay. Yep. Um, but I, for one, am looking forward to to getting this just because, I mean, I bought a 4K TV. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been yeah. looking for more 4K content. Right. To you know, put on that thing. So Netflix is all the original stuff. Luke Cage is going to be in sweet, sweet 4K. Oh, believe me, bro. I started my, my TV itself. The Netflix app on the TV mm. uh, does the 4K streams on Netflix, all, uh, and it looks. Fan- I just started watching Marco Polo on Netflix. And nice. If you haven't watched that, that show is fantastic. I watched first episode. Way. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so Have I'm going. Started Knuckles. No, not yet. I I started Marco Polo out. Thank you. You watched Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Not yet. God damn it! <laughs> we haven't watched anything. That's right. We didn't really done it in the past week. All right. Okay. Right. Cool. So it's so. If you want the power boost, get it. If not, you're not missing. You're missing the power boost. But if you're not it's, a 4K TV guy, you're not gonna go spend five hundred to thousand dollars on a 4K TV. Don't really go crazy. I mean, the thing. The other thing is that you will get benefits off that console even if you don't mm-hmm. uh have a 4k tv you you know developers can choose to use that power of the ps4 pro to give better frame rates or just the higher uh you know resolution textures and things like that or just have more freaking grass in their game i don't know something like that so, so uh, the way i think about this thing is um i compare it to the way pc is right now where games come out for the pc and they have to support a, a rather, you know, wide spectrum of system specifications because not everybody's going to have that beast PC. You know what I mean? Uh, so people with a, with, with a higher end GPU are just going to have a better looking, better running game. And people with not so beefy, you know, powerhouse PCs, they're still going to be able to play the game. They're, they're going to be fine. Everybody who owns a PS4 is still going to get every PS4 game. You're not going to be left out in the cold. So that, that's the one thing that Sony's doing that's really interesting here is that they're not splitting the user base with this console. They're going to have it be universal here. So if you have a PS4 Pro, you're going to get an improved version of that game, but you're not 
if you have a regular PS4, you're not, you're still going to be able to play that game. And we all know that PS4 games right now look fantastic. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. Either way, you, you got it good. I mean, I'm going to get it because I want to get the boost for the VR. Right. We'll, oh, we'll, yeah, do, we'll do a VR yeah. special episode. I don't know how, this can be a little interesting how we do that, but I guess it'll be a thumbs up, thumbs down. But we'll all try, definitely try it here in Sweet 4K. Uh, what's next? Yeah, next, uh, The Last Guardian has been delayed once again. <laughs> Yo, is The Last Guardian basically like the detox of video games? It is. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, it's more comparison. the. It's more the Duke Nukem Forever of video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they've been delayed just as long, and Detox got canceled eventually. But uh, yeah, the game has been pushed back from its October twenty five release date to December sixth. Uh, apparently, um, Team Eco says that the game exp- has a. Uh, they found more bugs than anticipated, so they're going to have to spend some time cleaning those up so the game can be fit to print. Cool. That just means more Overwatch. Yeah. Can you just ask about that last week? You said, is that going <laughs> to stop did. your Overwatch playing? Well, let's go. It's in October. JK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, you've been looking. For, have you been looking forward to it since it was announced? Yeah. But now you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. When it comes out, it comes out. That's the best way to yeah, do it. Yeah, pretty much. Believe it when you see it. Yeah, when I see it on the shelf, that's when I know it's real. <laughs> um, also, other news. Uh, mods for PS4 versions of Fallout 4 and Skyrim have, have been banned, pretty much. They're unavailable on the PS4. Uh, Bethesda announced that Sony will not approve user mods for the PS4 editions of Fallout 4 and the upcoming Skyrim Special Edition. Unf- uh, however, the Xbox One version does have uh, approved user mods for their console. Mm. Of all my gaming, I've never really used mods. Uh, I remember in Half-Life 2, they had like, that weird creative thing where I shot like cannons of cows around. I don't really remember, but I've never yeah. been in mod- I mean, it, it could like transform a game into a whole different experience. I know that a Skyrim mod just came out that's essentially a whole different game you mm. know like an expansion pack which sounds pretty dope yeah um but mm. i've just never really been about it but like consoles of the the concept of mods and yeah. consoles has always been real clumsy so i could care less yeah. about this yeah yeah mm. uh, yeah. yeah i'm i'm kind of disappointed because you know that means that ps4 users have the inferior version of fallout 4 and the incomplete version no less <laughs> so i'll just trade my copy in eventually because I'm, I'm barely playing it as it is and uh, last headline is uh, Jurassic World has been confirmed as the start of a new trilogy. So there's going to be two more films in this uh, new series. Uh, J.A. Bayona, who's directing who's directing part two, Jurassic World part two. He also directed The Orphanage, which is a really cool Spanish horror film. Uh, he's His film is going to be the second part of the trilogy, but the plot is unknown. But um, a rumor is that the that the plot of the, this film and the next one might, might include um, open-sourced uh, di- dinosaur cloning technology where basically anybody who has the technology and the means can clone their own versions of the dinosaurs. Bring back Grant. That is all. <laughs> yeah. So you can li- literally create uh, an army of raptors with machine gun hands <laughs> if you wanted to. That could be a thing. I support that. I would support that actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking. Because, yeah. you know, because well, I'll tell you this the Jurassic World was fucking boring. That was a boring ass movie. I know you liked it, Maurice. I was but say, didn't Maurice? Didn't you love it, Maurice? I mean, I enjoyed it a lot, I, which which is fine. But when I watched it, I fell asleep in the middle of it. I had to take a ten minute nap just to get through the rest of it. John Gray says, "Plot unknown. I wonder if there will be an island in dinosaurs." <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I wonder. Well, outside of the San Diego rampage in the Lost World, there haven't really been like 
dinosaurs released into populated areas. Well, that's a lie because Jurassic World did that in like the theme park. But I mean, like a you know the living spaces like Jurassic type deal. Jura- dinosaurs in the hood. I don't know. Yeah, I would support yeah. that too. Medea meets dinosaurs. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, did, I enjoyed Jurassic World for what it was. I, 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 I bit on the nostalgia, which I talked about recently. I don't always do, but it had been a long time. So that was essentially a sequel to Jurassic Park, not The Lost World or Jurassic Park 3, which I also enjoyed because Grant was in it. Mm. Um, yeah. As long as this leads to a Riptor movie, that would be great. Riptor. Riptor from Killer Instinct. He's oh. a dinosaur that fights people. Oh, I thought you were trying to I say. I just want that. Can somebody genetically engineer Riptor and just make it a Killer Instinct movie? Th- if so, I'm on board. If not, eh. I thought you were trying to talk about Reptar from Rugrats. <laughs> Rugrats, yeah. He was cool too, bro. If they, if they can make <laughs> Reptar, I would watch that movie too. Totally watch this. Buster Rhymes comes back and does the voice. <laughs> oh, man. I would, yeah, I'd be all about that. Was Buster Rhymes a voice on him? Yeah. Really? Yeah, for one of the movies. Wow, weird. I guess we'll, we'll definitely have to have that nostalgia episode Carl Burr's been wanting for for like years now. <laughs> Cadillacs and dinosaurs. How about that? <laughs> I like it. I'll be all about that. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Jurassic World. And I I mean, I'm a big fan of um, Chris Pratt. I think he's awesome. I think he's like one. He's cool. Because like a lot of the, the big lead, not like a big star who can carry a movie now and bring people to the theater. I think he's like a throwback to some of those guys. And good for him because I loved him on Parks and Rec when he was that. And I always support people when they get skinny and hot. He is certainly charismatic. Alicia, <laughs> Alicia says, call on it, call B-Rex. It's her previous T-Rex hand motion. <laughs> 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 good one, Alicia. That was good. Uh, I like it. Uh, so, any uh, closing thoughts on some of the news items, boys? Nope. Awesome. Carl Bird, what have you been reading? <laughs> Comic books, main topic. Uh, I know we actually we have actually a pretty eclectic taste here because uh, I dove more into some of the Star Wars uh, pieces that were coming out, the big volumes. Eris ch- uh, chimed in is going to chime in some st- Secret Wars. I'm not Secret Wars. You did that last time. Civil, uh, Civil War. War. That's right. So many uh, wars going on. Civil War too. Yeah, uh, Vic, you did some independent pieces. Ooh, what? oh yeah, no, it's not so independent. I like that. And Carl Bird, what did you get in on? Um, I've still been reading um the da- uh, the Dax ser- Drax series written by uh, CM Punk. Um, I mean, I'm, it's okay. It's nothing like really major. I mean, at this point I'm like so invested into it. So now I just might as well just keep it going. Mm -hmm. It's basically about Drax still trying to, um, on his quest to find Thanos and kill him for, you know, killing his family and whatever. So So, does this take place after Civil War, before Civil War, during Civil War? It's kind of like, it's just own like separate story. Okay. And he's like, is he, is he intergalactic? So it doesn't really matter what the earth is. Okay. Yeah, it is, and he comes he comes across like people, um, certain characters from his past, and then like all of a sudden, um, like there's a bounty on him because he was he was like in some type of jail, and then he gets, um, yeah, Carl Summary coming up, <laughs> <laughs> and then he, um, Carl, he, just ride with it, man. Yeah, just, just breathe, man. <laughs> just breathe. It, man. Don't, you don't you don't you don't have to interrupt the Carl Bird Summary to let us know it's a Carl Bird Summary. We'll know. Yeah. <laughs> We we know well, when we see it, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, and then al- along the way, along some of his battles, he ends up um, coming across like a bunch of orphan kids, and um, there's bounties on him because one of them happened to be really rich, so they had to. So he's just bringing them back to their homes, and then all of a sudden, he comes across a certain um, like a space lizard egg. And now, like the lizard egg has hatched, and now the baby lizard thinks it's his mother. And it's yeah. And I read a Mario Brothers comic book where 
Yoshi was born and thought Luigi was his mother. <laughs> that was a good comic. That's where, that's where CM Punk got the idea from, I bet. Possibly. I it wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't doubt it. But um I mean it's it's entertaining. It's nothing it's not like one of those serious stories mm-hmm. that I was so, kind of hoping that he would come out with. Okay. So cuz I mean Drax is a pretty serious character. He's you know trying to avenge his murdered family. Yeah. Um so it's more jokey. Yeah. Okay. Right. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh have you have you read Guardians of the Galaxy or Drax before? No, I haven't. No. Okay. But um and another one I actually started um I think I'm not sure if he was um but it's a new uh, Sons of Anarchy Redwood original uh, series. A friend of mine is a big Sons of, Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy fan, myself yeah. not included. Uh, well, I'm I was always a fan of the show. So uh, shout out to Reagan from Rock Coco's Comics, our local comic shop. Um, he put me. He uh, recommended it to me. It's actually just a. It's like a prequel to the actual show. It um, focuses on a young Jax, fresh out of high school. Um, he was actually a high school dropout, and he is a prospect to the Sons of Anarchy. So um, you still end up seeing like a young Opie who was his best friend in the show. Um, Clay, Gemma, Chibs, Tig, Bobby Elvis, you know, the characters that we all like grown to know and love. There's only been um, one issue so far. And um, I, I'm actually very um, curious to see where it's going to end up. Mm, we'll definitely have uh, some more reviews as they go and see how, uh, some of the comics can get a little difficult with that. I know Buffy, um, and Angel, they had the continuation of comic series, which was like a legit canon continuation. So I'm interested to hear if that stays like close to the show. It's always di- difficult. Is he is a creator of the show part of yeah, it? Yeah, Kurt Sutter, he did give his blessing. He's uh, somewhat involved with it. It's actually written by somebody else whose name I can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Kurt Sutter is definitely involved. So oh, yeah. it can't be Sons of Anarchy without Kurt Sutter. Right, right, right. And all that. So, um, and then on my recent trip to Rock Coco's, uh, Reagan actually gave us some um, some good recommendations. One is called uh, Briggsland, which is by Dark Horse, and um, it's actually been recently picked up by AMC. So that's gonna be a show pretty soon. So he actually urges like everybody to at least get the at least the number one, the yeah, first issue. You had mentioned that. Yeah. If the show's a hit. The the value of that comic could just skyrocket. I mean, that was supposed to stay in the chat, Carl Bird. <laughs> <laughs> now the the value well, goes none down. Of you got, come none on, of you Carl Bird. Everybody has it, Carl. I ordered on Amazon, Carl Bird. Oh, good. <laughs> Instead of uh, uh, giving money to your local comic shop. No, I didn't actually order it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I say shame on you. Thanks for not being an awful human being. I mean, because like I said, Amazon could deliver like 20 packages a monthly and I would still order from them. It's just so convenient. <laughs> I hate going to the store. That's what they like to hear. Yeah. That's right. If we have an Amazon employee listening to this show, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then there's also a new uh, Iron Man coming out soon where Dr. Doom is Iron Man. Yes. Yes. So I'm very interested to see where that would head and where that's coming up. I already have them saying, hey, uh, I want to subscribe to it. Put it on hold for me. So, um, but that's pretty much it. That's all for what I have. Cool, cool. That was a that was, was pretty good. It's pretty good. I give that a a B plus, B plus summary of all those comic books. Vic, yeah, yeah. B B minus. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the you're the professor. So I like it. Uh, now the the Doctor Doom becoming Iron Man. I know there's a lot of fallout from Civil War which Iris has been reading, which isn't finished yet. I'll, the way these comics are doing this stuff is really, I can't, man. I can't keep up. 
So they're right. They're doing Civil War. When that finishes with the seventh issue, correct? Is that when all the new stuff is coming out with the new Iron, the new Iron Heart, the new who's in Iron Man, the new Hulk, who's Amadeus Cho? No, that's been out. Oh, okay, the Amadeus Cho stuff is okay. Out. And I know, um, I think they're doing X Men versus Inhuman soon, or yes. Inhuman versus X Men. You got it. My boy Cyclops getting done dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I've been. Re- I was reading about that recently. I did not know where. Wow, Cyclops, you've really gone off a deep end. Whew. Wait, wait, what's he doing? Uh, I don't pay attention to Cyclops. He I'm gonna, sucks. He's really evil. Oh, he's hella evil. Really? Yeah. Well, the That's Phoenix Force, got, the Phoenix Force got involved. Oh, of um, course. But, 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 not like fully involved. It was all he was. It was him. Oh. It was him. Okay. It was him, and it's still him. <laughs> uh so he turned heel. Essentially, he took, yes. He heel oh, turn. yes, he did. He <laughs> freaking, oh, my God. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin at the end of WrestleMania 17 right, heel it's turn. the way to do it. I oh. mean, if you're Rocky Maivia and everyone hates you, yeah. you got to turn into the rock, bro. If you're, um, <laughs> Good so analogy. If you're, if you're, I mean, if, if you don't want to get comic books spoiled for you, bro, you have to just now. eventually. 15, give me two a minute. If everyone hates you. You just have to join the nation yeah. of domination. You just have. You just got to do it. <laughs> I think part of it, yeah, like you said, there's, there's a lot of mixed opinions on Cyclops, and he did. He was done no, poorly. No, they're not mixed. They, he sucks. He was done poorly. Everyone in the knows movies. he sucks. Nope. Literally everyone. Your opinion is not the majority. Yeah, it is. You're a. Hey, Carl. Nope. Does Cyclops suck? He's all right. Victor, <laughs> does Cyclops suck? For the most part. Yeah. Okay. So Carl Bird said he's I. <laughs> I said he's cool. Carl, Carl <laughs> fence sits on everything. He really Carl does. never has an opinion on literally anything. That's why he's my hey, boy. Hey, Carl, is milk a good drink? No. It's all right. No. <laughs> Habitual fence sitter over here. <laughs> what, about, what about chocolate milk? <laughs> I know that I can count on Carl Bird to be a fence sitter, so I always get a 50%, <laughs> which I appreciate. But yeah, he... Uh, I try to look at pros and cons, and, mm-hmm. and, I'm just and then just go right down the middle of both. <laughs> so long story short with X-Men is because they don't have the rights, Marvel's essentially kind of eh, eh, sliding them along, pushing them to the side a little bit, bringing in the Inhumans, mm-hmm. and there's a Terrigen myth to its killing like all the X-Men, and Cyclops was mad about his like daughter from the future. They the Avengers wanted to contain her because she. Was oh, gonna, okay. I have yeah. heard about this. And yeah, he was yeah. like, "No." That was like a big crossover event. Yeah, Avengers versus X Men. Yeah, and he said ago. no. Went crazy. Phoenix Force killed uh, Professor X. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah, yeah and okay. uh, now it's Inhumans versus X Men. Right. He's fucking crazy, and he's crazy. And the, like the Phoenix Force is gone, but he's still crazy. I think it's gone. Right. I've I've this is more of a summary that I've been reading. Uh, because I was just like, what the fudge? Right. Maybe I'll pick it up later. But because uh, Marvel doesn't have the X-Men movies, I'm, I don't really care what they do with them in the comic books right now. That's why they're going super hardcore yeah. on the Inhumans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Business 101. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would totally not ever do anything interesting with the X-Men if I couldn't have that license. Speaking Screw that, bro. Speaking of Marvel, are there any uh, X-Men in Civil War? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, some yeah. of them. They just like threw. Hank McCoy plays an integral part in a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. he is uh, he is now a member of the Inhumans. Oh. <laughs> so can you be in a movie now? <laughs> <laughs> Him, uh, Human Torch, interestingly enough, is an Inhuman. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, Marvel split up uh, after the uh, last event, uh, Secret the Secret Wars. War stuff. They split up some characters in an interesting fashion, especially the X Men and Fantastic Four, like yeah. Human Torch and Inhuman. Oh, the movies, the ones I don't but, have movie rights to. Right. Got it. But the Thing is a Guardian of the Galaxy. Yes, which is weird. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Civil War. Uh, as you know, I am a longtime Marvel head. So uh, for this discussion, I chose to check out the latest big crossover Marvel event for our friends on the Facebook Live. That is uh, Civil War 2. So Civil War 2 is actually really interesting because what I thought was going to be... Whoa, whoa, okay. All right, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Um, what, what I thought was going to be just uh, kind of an all-out war uh, turns out to be a lot more nuanced, which I appreciate. It's got that uh, patented uh, Brian Michael Bendis uh, writing style where you get to see sort of a lot of the uh, characters' inner monologues and thoughts where instead of just thinking their inner thoughts, they say them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it it may it's very interesting. the The story is um that uh, a new inhuman is discovered uh, named Ulysses who can basically see and experience visions of the future. Um, and this leads to uh, various events uh, where he has a vision of Thanos uh, coming down to Earth with a to to get a co- cosmic cube and uh, wreck havoc on uh, a lot of you know. Of humanity, uh, Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, uh, gets involved and says, "Hey, man, that guy totally said Thanos is coming. Fuck that! I'm stopping it." And uh, it totally happens. He comes. They stop it. But uh, in the ensuing battle, uh, spoiler alert: if anybody's going to read this, take you know a couple seconds. This is in the Civil War preview comic from Free Comic Book Day, so oh, I think it's fair okay. game. All right then, sure. Uh, so Rhodey Rhodes, aka War Machine, gets killed. Mm-hmm. In uh, that battle, Miss Marvel's boy, right? Miss Marvel's boy and Tony Stark's bestest, best right. BFF in the entire planet uh, gets killed off, and uh, She-Hulk gets uh, put in a coma as well. Uh, so the the fallout from all this is Iron Man is freaking pissed because his boy's dead. Uh, Carol Danvers is also hurting, but she's like, "Hey, man, that dude was totally right. His visions are real. I'm gonna use that." In uh, a uh, damn it, I, I, that name of that Tom Cruise movie escapes me. Vic. Oh, minor- which no. one? Minority Report. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So she she decides to use that dude in a Minority Report type fashion, mm-hmm. uh, where you know she takes uh, his predictions as complete gospel and starts uh, basically stopping them before they ever happen. Uh, to which Iron Man has, uh, you know, uh, he, he disagrees with it completely because his life uh, experiences have taught him that the future is not written. He's got his regrets about the things that he's done in the past, and he believes that uh, the future needs to happen, yeah. or else it's not the future. You and need to let it happen. And he's a big fan of T2. Right. Not T3 or T4 or T5. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> so um, they end up getting into these uh, philosophical differences and things don't spin out of control into a, what seems to be an upcoming big battle until uh, the end of issue four. So there's only four issues out currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I caught up with all four. So it ends up after this whole thing ends up going down. Um uh, they, they end up basically where uh, Iron Man wants to take this kid and figure out what his powers are. And, um, you know, Carol is just like, 
or Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers is like, nope, I'm, I just, I know that they work and I'm totally going to take this. And Tony Stark ends up kidnapping the dude and torturing him. Very softly torture. It, it wasn't like he, he wasn't pulling his nails out. He's tickling him. Uh, it's you know basically and uh he he basically ends up taking an algorithm of his brain mm-hmm. um during this he's uh, he ends up putting stress on him and stuff like that just to see how his brain works and how his visions uh actually work and he ends up figuring out that it's just in a like a it's an algorithm so his his visions are basically a possible future a very very likely possible future and when he kidnaps him, uh, basically the he kidnaps him from the Inhumans. Um, he is an Inhuman. He is part of that nation. They are a sovereign nation. And uh, he ends up basically declaring war on the Inhumans. And Carol Danvers ends up, uh, you know, I- interceding in there to stop it from becoming an all-out war. And they, like, assault um, Tony Stark, take the kid back and whatnot. Mm. And while they're all arguing about him, she has a vision that the Hulk is going to kill everyone. Literally everyone. Everyone. <laughs> they all, he not only sees it, he experiences the vision and he broadcasts the vision to everyone else. Oh, okay. So all of the superheroes that were there, including all of the Avengers, all of the X-Men that were there, all experienced like that vision of them all getting straight housed like they, like they felt by it? the Hulk. Yes. Gotcha. They felt it. They were like, holy shit, we're going to get housed by the Hulk. Oh no, we need to go find this dude. And Tony Stark is like, nah, that hasn't happened yet. Why are you going to get out my boy the Hulk like that? Right, right. So they totally go and find the Hulk. They come to a uh, an agreement where they're going to go and talk to the Hulk, or Bruce Banner in this case. Um, so they find his secret lab. They basically uh, get him to come outside and confront all the superheroes. They tell him what's happening. Uh, Bruce Banner ends up you know, feeling betrayed uh, by his people. But Hank McCoy uh, hacks into his servers and finds his research to which he has been experimenting on himself to try and uh, repress the Hulk. And when he is basically flipping out about the fact that everybody's accusing him of something he hasn't done, Hawkeye totally kills his ass. Puts an arrow through his head. Damn. And Bruce Banner is dead. And then Hawkeye gets put on trial, which is super duper interesting. (laughs) The entire fourth issue is about uh, Hawkeye being on trial, and he is defended by Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. And uh, that that becomes like a whole thing where they show like the 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 really cool thing about the way Brian Michael Bendis writes is that he takes this um, view and ends up spreading it out instead of just being about one you know or two superheroes he sort of takes a global approach to the whole thing so you kind of see like social media how this would become a a a international sensation type of thing where it's being looked at by everybody in the globe and whatnot and how that trial is ongoing I won't ruin how it ends uh if if clint barton walks or not it's you should read it, it but uh i just like to say it's it's a really interesting story and uh, like i said at the end of issue four it's, it devolves into what looks like it's going to be starting with issue five an all-out war against two uh superhero fashion factions um so i'm looking forward to to the upcoming issues here because it's been really interesting so i, I hope it doesn't just become a war uh, you know, or, or just the three issues of all out war between heroes because the actual discussion and everything that they talk about, um, should they take this guy and, and take his, uh, his visions as the absolute truth and they sort of show that they're they're not you know they're, they're actually not exactly what's going to happen and what they should do with his powers it's, it's very it's a very interesting debate and the way they present it is really interesting which side are you on 
Iron Man, surprisingly. Hmm. In the first Civil War, I was all Team Cap, all day, era day. Yep. Vic, mm. just be hearing that that basis. What side are you on? Tom mm. Cruise's side? <laughs> <laughs> so should you protect the future? Or uh, stop stop the it. future? Yeah, there you go. I think stop that's the tagline, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with uh, Team Danvers. Ooh, is it now? Is it Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel? Is it Ms. 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 Marvel? Captain Ms. Yeah. Marvel. Ms. Marvel is a completely different. I, I think uh, I said that earlier. Kamala I apologize. Khan is yeah. Ms. Marvel. Right, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I apologize. I messed that up earlier. Colbert, what side are you on? Iron Man. I'm also on Iron Man's side. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, he's usually the biggest D. I know he is, but especially, especially, especially if it's not a hundred, one hundred percent. Especially with that. Uh, Maurice? Yeah. Who's David Cirillo? That is my father. He says nice chairs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Poker chairs. And uh, uh, Alicia Alicia says, I must procure this comet. Redeem, Darius. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that sounds really interesting. I'm glad. You know, I know obviously it came out as a promotion for the movie as well, but yep. sounds like, I mean, Marvel's got their shit together. The whole event uh x-men and humans thing is a little weird but hey you gotta do what you gotta do their big events tend to be well thought out yeah planned Mm. i was a a big i was all on captain america's side the last time too so same here yeah yeah yeah. uh anything else besides the civil war uh i'll save the the rest of the stuff for later yeah yeah. you guys uh let your comic reading i got you that might actually Mm. the stuff i know you read a few other things but that might be good for a not the next episode because there's just so much to it, and that's a whole other reboot, soft reboot. For yeah, itself. DC DC Rebirth. Yeah, um, I, I read the this the the actual like event comic, yeah. and it's it's really interesting. I'd like to get into that a little bit later. I'm gonna read it myself. And I, I also want to read some of the aftermath yeah. stuff of that for event, sure. So. Mm-hmm. Vic, yeah, what you been reading? Oh, uh, what I've been reading is an oldie but goodie. I've been reading uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, classic uh, beloved series, The Sandman. Mm-hmm. This is the first six volumes, which I completed. You can show that with our show that to our Facebook Live. That really audience. is a classic. Yeah, um, Sandman. It's a seventy-five issue series, which was first published in nineteen eighty-nine mm-hmm. and f- concluded in nineteen ninety-six. And it's a remarkable, exceptional series. I absolutely love it. I'm on volume seven right now, which is called uh, "Brief Lives," and. Uh, Sandman, the the Sandman. It's a uh, it's essentially this uh, dark fantasy slash um, uh, horror uh, uh, series, which has which has elements of like different types of fantasy, and it's, and it's set in the modern day for the most part. And uh, the the Sandman is centered on the uh, character known as Dream, otherwise known as Morpheus, and uh, he's a uh, and Dream represents uh, this group called the Endless, and the Endless is this. Uh, this group of uh, beings which represent different uh, concepts and aspects of reality, of existence itself. So Dream is, uh, is the main character, and so he represents, so he's all, otherwise known as the Sandman, and he represents, you know, dreams, you know, when you're, in sl- when, you're in, when you're asleep, he controls that dreamscape, what you think about and what kind of inspires you. So it's kind of like a muse in, in, a, in a bit of a fashion in some ways. And his other siblings include uh, Destiny, Death, uh, desire, despair, delirium, and destruction, and so they all have roles to play in reality. And 
and what's great about this series is that this this whole series um, from from the first issue onwards is all inspired by different cultural uh, myths and mythology and folklore, and it weaves all sorts of great genres together. And especially in the first couple of volumes, it's actually set. Um, it, it is set in the same universe as the main mainline DC uh, uh, universe, main DC characters. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was probably right after Crisis too. So yeah, it was published uh, shortly after that. Mm-hmm. And um, and what was great is that the the first the first volume of Preludes and Nocturnes, which is an excellent excellent uh, uh, book in and of itself. What's really cool is that in this book, um, it, it's it, it's your first introduction to Dream, and in and it starts off in 1916, where this uh, this occultist of uh, a magician named Roderick Burgess he actually tries to summon death and tries to capture summon death and kind of control her for his whims but instead he he ends up capturing dream instead and so and so he doesn't know what to do with him so he he has him imprisoned in this um in this like specialized prison where these magics sort of keep dream in prison and he can't go back to his realm and it does affect the world in some ways because some people can't for example, can't can no longer dream. Some people can only stay awake, mm-hmm. or some people just fall into a coma and never wake up. And so, and so while, while he has dream imprisoned, um, he the 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 series the story progresses where he he's getting older. His son kind of takes over his uh, occult business, and um, and once once the father dies and the son takes over, uh, dream actually manages to find a way to escape, and he actually punishes his son Burgess's son by. Um, by forcing him to endure an un- unending series of nightmares every time he closes his eyes. So when he closes his eyes, he, he just goes insane. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and there's also another part, uh, which what happens in the, in the first book, where there's this uh, little-known uh, Batman character named uh, John D, who's known as Dr. Destiny. He was like an he's like a in, inmate from Arkham Asylum, and he he he, he captures one of a uh, dreams a uh, totems of power this ruby. So he goes into this diner and he's just he's just sitting there with this ruby. He's just marveling at his power. But as he's sitting there, all the patrons in the in the diner just start going insane. They start you know mutilating themselves. They start stabbing and killing each other. And uh, and and Dream finds out where his where his uh, where his uh, totem is, and he kind of tr- tries to put a stop to it. Sounds like a job for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Batman would know what to do in that situation. <laughs> By uh, the way, uh, your father says 1989 is an oldie. That's the year after I was born, so yes, <laughs> <laughs> officially. Yeah, it, it is a classic series. It's you know in comic but, book in comic book years. Yes, I would say yeah. so for sure. Yeah, so so that so that's um, so that's like the most horror-ish uh, element of uh, story of the series, and then you have other other stories where there's one in which a dream um, ends up at this serial killer convention at this motel, and he has to do battle with this um, this grotesque creature known as the Corinthian who has teeth for eyes, hmm. and it's 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 stuff it's like made from the stuff of nightmares. It's freaking horrifying. I loved it. I, I loved how effed up it looked, but <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 what's cool about the whole series is that it it, it kind of talks about the whole nature of like storytelling, and it kind of de- and it kind of like it dovetails into other side characters, which which um, which kind of puts an interesting spin on things. Like for example, in Volume Three, which is Dream Country, which focuses on four uh, side stories. There's one story in particular which is called A Dream of a Thousand Cats. And that's actually known as one of the more popular uh, side stories in Sandman, the whole series, where it follows this house cat. And uh, 
he he's he's like he sneaks away from his house and he and he and he comes upon this meeting of other like stray cats from around the neighborhood, and uh, this cat is retelling a story about how about how um, he met how this cat fell in love with this this tomcat. They had a bunch of kittens, but then the owner found out and he didn't want to he he didn't want these kittens. So what he did was he t- he took these kittens in a bag and just dumped them in the river, mm. just drowned them all. Mm. And so this Problem cat. Solved. Yeah, it's it's enti- it's entirely fucked up. But this cat decides. Well, he this this cat becomes disillusioned with hum, 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 humanity and being a pet. So he decides to rally all these other cats in the neighborhood to kind of rise up against their owners and you know just take over shit. And so um so this cat you know re- relays a dream a, a dream that he has where he actually runs into Dream, uh, the main character Morpheus, who comes to her and comes to her in a form of a cat, and uh, presents to her a world where humans are the pets and cats are you know the owners it's like a planet of the apes or planet of the cats type situation sounds like a job for catwoman (laughs) yeah and and in this and in this weird world uh the humans they're pets and they're enslaved but all of a sudden there was one human who actually decides to say you know what fuck this situation we're gonna rebel so this so this human actually rallies up all his all his fellow human pets and they rise up against their feline oppressors and they take over and they overthrow the cats and so um, that kind of implies that that's why, you know, you know, the whole nature of the whole Im- there's an imbalance nowadays where we were the owners and the cats, you know, they were the former uh, masters. So okay. we own them. I believe we, got, we got a interesting um, message on our Facebook live. Yeah. Um, your father says, Maurice, mom says your friends look very nice, but Alzheimer's said to watch the language. <laughs> 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 we'll do our best. We will. Uh, <laughs> uh, we make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it, it, so that's. Stop trying to hold down our artistic vision, <laughs> mom. <laughs> so yeah, that's so that's one that's one pretty uh, uh, awesome story there. And um, there's a whole bunch that goes on. Like I said, I'm on volume seven right now. Nice. How many volumes all together? Uh, there's ten. Oh, okay. There's ten in the whole series, and plus there's one uh, series. There's one uh, mini series that just came out. I think last year called Sandman Overture. Which I haven't read, but um, I hear I hear that's pretty pretty fantastic. So we'll definitely get a review once you finish as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. Like like I said, like Sandman, it's it's an awesome series. Like just ex- just exceptionally well written. Like mm-hmm. if you're in the mood for something that's, you know, dark and and very creative and very visionary, and, and Neil Gaiman is is just, is just a very talented writer, you know. And like this 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 is a series that like it actually inspires me to write my own stuff. You Whoa. know, oh, that's how wow. that's how good it is. Like I I want to actually get down and write my own stuff. I it may not be as good as as game and stuff, but hey, I'll I'll take my I don't hand. Well, yourself, I mean, just do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, I uh, you know us here at the Codex Prime Podcast love local artists. If you have anything you want to share, with, you want us to share out for you, Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd be happy to, Vic. If that's one of your uh, stories works, let us know. We'll uh, we'll get it out there. We got a a lot of followers. We want to show the local work. Yeah, indeed. Your and father says he doesn't mind a bad language. <laughs> and uh, one last thing, you guys. I think we mentioned this on the show. Um, there was talk about making Sandman an actual uh, an, a film, a film adaptation yep. of Sandman with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was attached to it, but he dropped out. Um, if they do make a film version of Sandman, because each each volume is just pretty much pretty much dense and full of you know thematic weight. No, Zack Snyder. No, Zack. One, no, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder would not know what the hell to do with this material. <laughs> Two, 
if they do make a film version of Sandman, it should be entirely original just for the film. It shouldn't adapt any one of those 10 stories. It should just be one oh. original film narrative. That's how I could think it could work. Otherwise, it should be like a television miniseries or or maybe like a two-season TV show on Netflix yeah. or HBO. Miniseries, miniseries for yeah. sure. Nice. So you recommend that highly to all comic book readers. Absolutely. I Absolutely. Like it. It's one of the most critically acclaimed series of all time and with good reason. I might check that out myself. Well, I'm not, might, I will. Yeah. Um, speaking of what everyone should read, everyone should read Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the coolest. Uh, that's right. Boom. That's actually a really good spot for that. Yeah. Uh, the um, If you're a fan of the movies, you want to read some of the new stuff, uh, the new canon, if you're over the old EU, uh, Star Wars, they have a few that are out right now. They got Star Wars, the main story. Uh, they got Star Wars, Darth Vader, Star Wars, Leia. Uh, Star Wars Lando, and uh, the, l- the last Star Wars, the last Padawan, I believe, which is the gentleman from um, Star Wars Rebels, yeah, yeah, whose name escapes you right now. Oh, Kanan? Kanan, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, I am reading only Star Wars and Vader, uh, because they're really the only two that I really care for at the moment. Um, and Leia takes place in the main Star Wars line. It's her and the, the big three, essentially, her, Han, and, uh, and Luke, and it details uh, Luke's... Um, ad- quests to find information on the old Jedi Order, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get that back together, um, and it brings them up against a few familiar foes and new foes uh, alike. Boba Fett, J- uh, not Jabba, uh, a, a hut. It mm-hmm. actually shows a hut in a really cool way, uh, which you don't really see before, because you just ha- ha- Jabba just sitting back and bleh, uh, uh, uh. This mm-hmm. hut actually does work, and it's mm-hmm. actually really cool to see. Um, you get the, more of the insight to Han and Leia, and Luke, you can kind of see where he gets some of his training from, his fighting abilities. He's still a cupcake-eating little bitch because it takes between place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, as it goes further down the low line, he'll get better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually details Obi-Wan as a hermit, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Some of the artwork with him is awesome, but Obi-Wan especially, watching him age, some of the artwork in Star Wars, the line is awful. It is so bad at some point. It's weird. Uh, there's one panel I'll find later for you guys. Um, that's just it's, it's Luke getting knocked out, and it's just uh, it's weird. He looks so weird. Uh, but it's really good. Uh, as a Star Wars fan, you'll enjoy it. Um, get some good insight into the um, the Jedi, the old Jedi, uh, what Luke's trying to find. It actually incorporates a little bit of the old EU, which I'm enjoying, the 100-year darkness, which is essentially where the Sith came from. Um, it was like a 100-year lost time in the galaxy where Jedi and Sith split up and the Sith came to really be. So that's interesting. They're bringing that back in. Um, in Star Wars Rebels, they're bringing in uh, Admiral Th- Thrawn, mm-hmm. who is an EU character from the Thrawn trilogy, which used to be the unofficial sequel trilogy back in the day. Um, really good book. Uh, the other uh, comic series is Vader, Darth Vader, which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Vader's awesome. Yes, he is. Just seeing Vader really be Vader is amazing. Um, I highly recommend it. There's actually a crossover book, which I recommend, number one. Even if you don't read any of these Star Wars, I recommend picking up Vader down. It is the the crossover between Star Wars and uh, Darth Vader. And because because Vader's fantastic, Vader's story essentially is him trying to find Luke at the end of uh, comic book number one of Darth Vader. Remember, it's only 25 uh, 
long, 25 issues, so yeah. you know there's going to be an end to it. He finds out that Luke is his son, and he's pissed. He doesn't know Leia is his daughter, but he knows Luke is his son. He's looking for him. He's trying, and you see on the side what he's trying to do to get um, underneath the uh, Palpatine, trying to find Luke on his own. Mm-hmm. This, but you see the uh, the other people in the Empire trying to curry favor, get over him because they just want to replace him. Um, the way he fights is awesome. His Vader down is so good. The first few lines or parts of it is. He's essentially, they're, they're like, oh, we sent a squad. No, we sent a battalion. No, we sent five battalions of rebel troops because he's Darth Vader. And the way he just brings him down is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. And they don't really draw him as like a, the artwork in that is really good. They don't just draw him as a clunky robot. He actually looks lean and mean in his suit. Um, and he I'm really, looking at this now and he looks so bad. <laughs> he is so bad. <laughs> that's actually. I literally just turned to a panel where he is apparently surrounded by a rather large yep. rebel contingent. Yep. And they tell him that he is surrounded and he should lay down his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. His response to literally an army is, all I am surrounded by is fear and dead men. Yeah. Damn. That's so B.A. <laughs> he was not kidding. Wow. Um, I actually have in my notes here... Uh, Vader down could be standalone, and Vader is B.A. <laughs> uh, he has a lot of really cool fights. He has a fight with uh, General Grievous wannabe. Um, and d- throughout the story, you see this guy is trying to um, get some of the Grievous um, tech and trying to build out his own piece, so it's really fun. Uh, and he has there's a few new characters that are pretty good. Uh, the last... I haven't got Volume 3. I actually just recently ordered that because yep. um, it wasn't on sale at the comic shop. Um, Newberry Comics is sold to me. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> this is so much closer. Um, so I'm waiting for that to come in. The last Star Wars um, um, Rebel Jail was more... It was like it was interesting. I'm interesting how you'd like it, Vic, because it's, it's kind of like a, um, a all the women in the Star Wars universe, hmm. Leia, um, and a few new characters, uh, women characters, really powerful. They, they do a good job. They save the day. They solve it. Uh, Han and Luke, they literally spend the entire volume uh, hurting nerfs. Because <laughs> they're trying to make money uh, for the rebellion, because uh, Han gambles it away. So wow. it's actually pretty funny. Um, the the woman comic I really enjoyed that as well. And but the Vader down uh, crossover, top notch. Highly recommend. Even don't read, don't read anything. Read Vader down. I will read that. And the only other one um, I read was Obi Wan and Anakin, which was a five piece, um, a five part miniseries. It takes place between episodes one and two, and it kind of just does the relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin, how that grows, how Anakin gets kind of his he whispered in his ear by palpatine as a young kid because in the movies you just kind of see it happen like why are these guys best friends mm-hmm. and in that you kind of see it and um and uh, obi-wan is a complete g in that miniseries he's awesome that shit is like force so force unleashed obi-wan Ooh. it's really good it's really good that sounds legit. so i recommend it. it's only if it's, unleashed yeah it's yeah. five minute five uh five part miniseries pick it up but vader down is my number one recommendation I'm going to keep reading these as they go. I'm really interested to see where Vader goes from here. Um, the next one is about him going to a, uh, essentially stopping a war on a planet. Mm. With He's dispatched to, to take care of it himself. So Not by himself, but you know with his, his troops. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Highly recommended. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Carl Bird, question of the week? Question of the week. Uh, we're taking a little trip to the video game realm. What? Cheat video game cheat code slash password. Do you still remember from back in the day? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A start. Konami. You got it. <laughs> uh, a B A C A B B. Blood code. code Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Sonic the Hedgehog number one is I don't know if, I don't think it's a Konami. It's up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right. A B A B start, and that gives you every single level. 
Oh, nice. From the start menu. That is the exact code. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's two. A password from the original Metroid for the original NES. Justin Bailey, all zeros in the bottom. And you just get like this purple Samus. I like it. And um, yeah, the Samus with no suit. Yeah, right. That's yeah. what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, for, and then for Sonic 2... For Sega Genesis was left down left right down right left left right right, and that was uh, I think that was like a level um selection as well. Mm. Nice, I like it. Those are all good ones. <laughs> I'm glad, I let us know codes. I'm I miss cheat codes. I know, right? Yeah. I do let us know. Email us codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll post on the Facebook, the Twitter, all the social medias. You'll find us and uh, answer there. We do have one email today uh, from friend of the show Furman. Right. Number nineteen is the uh, subject line. What's up, fellas? Congratulations on 50 episodes. You've given us so many great moments on the podcast, it was hard to just pick one. That said, I'm really sorry I missed the live broadcast as I was dealing with job-related matter and Overwatch depression. (laughs) I did manage to check it out online and love the new digs. Such a huge upgrade to the studio and the sound is fantastic. It's like you're making sweet, sweet love to my ears. Oh, yeah. Like Morgan Freeman whispering me a story. (laughs) If I can make a suggestion, please don't buy Carl or Victor a headset. Keep Carl yelling in the background. I love it. And do we really have to have Victor's voice sounding better? I was already at risk of losing consciousness listening to him before. Now it's going to be in super high quality. Can't wait to bleed from my eyes and ears. (laughs) Quickly to what I've been up to. New saga graphic novel. Overwatch. Fantasy football. Overwatch. Madden. Harry Potter, fuck Genji, Witcher Complete Edition for $40, hating on everyone who yells out angry Japanese words on certain video games. That's all, boys. Keep it up, and I'm hoping for 50 more. Your number one primer, Furman. Thanks, Furman. Thanks, Furman. Uh, Thanks, Saga, that's, were you reading that, Carlberg? Uh Yeah, I still haven't got my uh, volume, was it volume six? Either volume six or seven, I haven't got it yet. I need to no, catch up on that. Sweet. It's yeah. six, so uh, I haven't six. got it yet, but it should be coming like any day now. If we all read that, we'll all read it myself, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely get a big uh, episode going on that, because it sounds like it's pretty legit. It, it, it is, is one of the best things out there right now. Cool. Let me make sure. myself a list. I can let you borrow the first few. Oh, how nice of you, Carlbert. Thanks. That is real nice of you, Carl. <laughs> I'm a good friend. <laughs> yes, you are, even though you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Any uh, final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> nah, man. It was fun getting back into uh, the, the comic book swing of things. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I got away from my comic book reading for a while there. and. Yep. Uh, this episode really brought me back, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to continuing Civil War Two and seeing where that goes. And planning to check out some of the Rebirth stuff because I, I've read that DC is uh, killing it right yeah. now. Yeah. Surprisingly, yep. yep. I'll be picking. I'm, I still have some DC Earth One stuff I want to read. So one, we'll, we'll do a, another comic book episode sooner rather than later, as we yeah. did this past season like or it. year. Excuse me. Um, so we'll definitely get more into it. But Jim Savar, we're still waiting on Hellion. That's right, yeah. That's the number one <laughs> yes. thing we're waiting on. Jeez. True. But uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. We'll catch you all later. How later, nerds. With one of them uh, five-star reviews on iTunes. You guys are slacking on that, by the way. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Take care. Thanks for listening. And watching. You don't. You don't. You don't want to say. You don't want to. You don't want to say some sweet to your to your biggest fan, Furman. Victor? Oh yeah, Furman, bite me. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we are out.